Um, this evening, um, it's great, really, when you're teed up uh, so well. Um, for those of you who weren't here this morning, uh, Jean-Phi uh, from Alès in France uh, was speaking. And uh, he was sharing about the glory of God. He was sharing uh, about experiencing God's glory and about the kind of importance of encountering and knowing the glory of God. And, and he shared examples from scripture uh, for various people, uh, including the disciples, uh, James, Peter and John, who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration uh, and saw Jesus kind of in his glory uh, and the impact that that had on their lives and their ministry. And, and Jean Fee was just kind of opening up for us the glory uh, and kind of helping us to savor and uh, and kind of capture what that is like and what it's like to experience his glory. And, you know, there's a real theme that is coming through at the moment. Uh, Pete's been speaking about it several times and uh, made reference a number of times to Azusa Street uh, and read a number of accounts of the glory of God falling uh, in Azusa Street. And uh, there they experienced clouds, they experienced fire, uh, and as the glory fell, there was incredible miracles. Uh, the miraculous would break out. Uh, Pete read a, an account a few weeks ago where it, it stretched, was it half a mile, Pete, from the building to Grand Central Station? Um, and where people not even coming to, to the church, you unbelievers, were falling under the presence of God uh, half a mile away from the Azusa Street building uh, because the glory of God was so thick. And Pete also reminded us that there was a prophetic word that was brought, uh, I think, by William Seymour, who led uh, the Azusa Street revival, uh, that said a hundred years on from Azusa Street, uh, God would return in that kind of measure of glory and even more, and, and, it's, and that there would be uh, centers of his glory across the globe. It wouldn't just be in one place, but actually it would be spread uh, around the world. And I think that Jean Fee's word to us this morning uh, again, just kind of fuels that. And, and um, there's been a sense for me over the last several weeks just of God's glory, there's just a sense of the tangible, glorious presence of God just increasing among us. Uh, it's just growing and it's increasing. And I, I think uh, that was what was on my heart to share this evening. And as I say, just, just when I heard Jean-Fee this morning speaking, I'm like, wow, God, you've, you've set me up. You've set this up. And I just felt, as I was just thinking about it again this afternoon, well, it just feels to me that it's something that God is really highlighting for us. Uh, it's clearly something that God's wanting to impress on us, that there's a glory here uh, that, that, that he's pouring out. There's a, there, I think that it's an individual thing. It's a corporate thing as well. I think there's something corporately. And I just want to encourage you, just as uh, I just share kind of the things on my heart this evening, just to, just to really open your hearts to what God is saying to us as a church and as a people I think he's just really wanting to uh, open our eyes to the glory and what's possible uh, and really put a hunger in us for that. Um, I want to start this evening just by uh, playing something, a, vi a video, um, just to kind of lay a, a foundation and again, just kind of whet your appetite uh, for, for the glory of God, for encountering God. Um, it's a video, um, it's a story told by a man called Ian McCormack. Uh, some of you may well have heard of him. Uh, he's a, uh, an Australian, uh, I think Australian, New Zealand, um, and when he was in his mid-twenties, he was stung by five box jellyfish. Um, he, on the way to the hospital, uh, in the ambulance, he was dying, 
uh, on the way to the hospital, he basically prayed a kind of deathbed prayer, remembering some of the things his mother had taught him, and got to hospital where the, the nurses, the doctors, basically tried to save his life. Um, at one point, he decided he was just going to close his eyes for a rest and then come back and fight some more. Um, as he did that, he basically went and had an encounter, went to heaven. Um, he was clinically declared dead um, and then came back to tell his story. Um, so I want to just play you a clip. It's something that's really been nourishing me over the last 12, 18 months. Uh, it's a clip. It's about 12 minutes long. Um, and he basically just says, t- describes what it was like to come into the presence of God and to encounter uh, God in heaven, uh, to encounter Jesus. And I just want you, as, as, I, uh, as we play this, uh, I just really feel that uh, there's, there's revelation here tonight. Uh, God's spirit of revelation is here among us to, to enable us, I think, to, to, to experience him uh, more deeply than we've known before and to bring a revelation of who he is and of his glory. So as we play this, don't switch off. I want you just to open your hearts. Uh, just open your hearts to him. Uh, you don't even need to watch it. You can just allow it to wash over you as he just describes what it's like to come into the presence of God. Uh, I don't know if, if you hit number three. It should. Uh, yeah, great. I love watching that. I love listening to that. And it just uh, reminds me, one of the things I just love about that, it, it just reminds me where we're going. It reminds me where we're going and, uh, and what we've got in store for us. It reminds me of God's glory and his majesty. It helps to reveal to me who he really is and to see him as he really, as he really is. You may wonder why Ian decided to come back. Um, later, God showed him his, his mum, who had been praying for him all his life. Um, and Ian realised that she wouldn't, realize, she wouldn't know that he'd got saved on the way to the hospital in the ambulance. Uh, and God also showed him um, the faces of, uh, I think, hundreds, thousands of people who would, be, uh, would, would come to salvation as a result of his story, as of his testimony. Um, Ian and his wife actually lead a church now in London. Uh, they're, they're, they're in London and, and lead a church there um, and you can find out more about it that's a, a, an old clip uh, I think Ian is still telling his story uh, and still going around telling his story um, but it's amazing just to hear the testimony of a man who has seen God face to face not quite face to face but close enough he's, he's seen God, he's experienced uh, what it was like to stand in his presence the Apostle John who uh, Jean Fee referred to earlier, also had a similar experience. Uh, in Revelation, we read this, Revelation 1. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was, was white like wool as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. 
Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) That that was the Apostle John's experience, being taken into heaven and and encountering uh, the victorious, the risen Jesus uh, in, in all his glory. I had a sense um, in the run-up to these evening meetings, uh, a few of us gathered together uh, in the, the weeks before we started, um, just to pray, just to worship, just to enjoy God uh, in here, just kind of set the tone for what we were going to be doing. And uh, I think it was the last Sunday that we were in here just worshipping and praising God. And um, It was around the time, a few weeks earlier, Vicky had shared her story and or picture or vision that she'd seen of, of angels and angelic activity outside and Pete shared how others had confirmed that and there's kind of been this sense or, or you know a number of confirmations just of angelic activity in this place and you know God sending his uh, messengers sending those to come and bring his kingdom but I just had this overwhelming sense as we were worshipping um, God's glory was here among us and I just had this sense just coming to me again and again and it was just this sense the king is here the king is here and I just had this sense almost behind me that there was this sense of things opening up and 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 the king kind of coming in and riding in and I just felt God speak to me and just say that there's an angelic presence here there's angelic activity going on here and we celebrate that we celebrate that God, the supernatural, is going on in this place. But I just felt God say, actually, I'm coming too. I'm coming too. He's sending his angels to do his work here. But the king himself is coming among us. The king himself is presencing himself (laughs) among us. The king himself is here. And uh, when we experience his glory, when we experience his presence, when we experience that weight, that, 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 that kind of sense, uh, just that weight of his presence that jean fi was talking about earlier, it's actually him that's here. It's not just a force. It's not just a, a presence. It's not just something uh, abstract. It's actually him. I, I do believe that, that Jesus himself is coming amongst us, that he in his glory is coming amongst us. And actually as he comes... We are experiencing more and more of his glory and his presence among us. We're not just seeking an abstract force, we're seeking him. We're not just expecting an abstract force to come, we're expecting him to come and presence himself among us. And as the king comes, things happen. As the king comes, things are happening among us. Winston brought a word last week and he just said he saw the the floor was like gold and he saw it rising up the floors. And I just want to encourage you that the king and the glory are here and they're increasing. When when we're asking for God's glory, when we're seeking his glory, we we sing songs asking him to come. I just want you to to know that he is here. We're not asking, I think hunger... I want us to be hungry for this. I want us to search for this. But this is a hunger that gets satisfied. This is a hunger that God wants to satisfy. 
is not something that we have to keep, uh, where we keep hungering and, and, and feel, never feel satisfied. His glory is here among us and it's increasing, increasingly here. I also think this is a corporate thing as well and, and as well as an individual thing. The stories John Fee told earlier were there were a number of accounts of individuals experiencing and encountering God's glory. And I think that's, that's something that we press in for. That's something that we expect. But I also think there's a corporate element to this as well. And I think there's something corporately that God's releasing on us to experience more and more of his glory. And there's a few accounts in the Old Testament where the nation of Israel experienced and saw the glory of God uh, poured out in great measure. The first uh, I just want to turn to is Exodus chapter 40. Exodus 40 and, and verse 33. This is just talking about the tabernacle that Moses established for the presence of God. God had given him details of how to build it and Moses went and built it. And it said when he finished, in, if we, we pick it up in verse 33 where it finished. It says, Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. And so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting, because the glory cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Often in the Old Testament we see that the glory of God is, is, is visibly, something you can see visibly, as a cloud on some occasions, as fire, on other occasions, in the same way that it was at Azusa Street, uh, that they saw fire coming onto the building. But here we've got an account of God's glory falling uh, before a nation, before the Israelites, and filling the tabernacle. It was so great, the presence of God, that Moses, who had a lot of experience with God's presence, he knew what it was like to stand in God's presence. Even Moses couldn't enter because the, the glory of God had filled that place. We read a similar account uh, in 1 Kings. If you turn to 1 Kings and, and chapter 8. Again, this is the account of the temple that Solomon built uh, to house the presence of God, to house worship, uh, a place for the people of God. And it was also a place where the Ark of the Covenant uh, was going to be. Uh, And we pick up in in 1 Kings chapter 8, we we read the account as the Ark of the Covenant was being brought back into uh, the temple. And at chapter 10, uh, we read this. It says, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. I just want to encourage you. I believe that this is where we're heading. I believe that this is what God is doing among us at this time. We're experiencing a measure of his glory. We're experiencing a measure of his presence. A great measure of his presence. But I believe that there are measures to come that, that God is releasing. He's, and he's, he's just inviting us in 
to them. He's inviting those into Whoa. He's just, I just think today, I think what jean philippe shared this morning, God's just opening our eyes just to see his glory. He's opening our eyes to see what's possible and to see what it's possible to experience with him. I think he's taking us and just saying, look, you've, you've seen something, you've experienced something of me, but there's so much more. There's so much more for you to experience. There's so much more for you to see. And I just, God's just, God's just, I just, he's just releasing that over us. And I just feel right now, I just release over each one of you here, I just release the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better, that you would experience the glory of God in greater measure than you've ever experienced it before, that you would know and you would see him, that you would see the different aspects and the different facets of his character and of his beauty, that you would see the victorious risen king, that you would know that he is among us and that he's risen and that he's here. God's just releasing that over us. And he's releasing it over us corporately. This isn't just for those here. This is for those who aren't here as well. This is for us, I, I feel, as a, as a people, that God is releasing this over us right now. And he's just, wow. He's just wanting, do you know what? There's just something, he's just blowing. He, I just think he wants to blow our minds and our experiences. He wants to take us into new depths and new realms of his glory. And this, wow. He's He's... He's releasing that over us as a people. And as I say, I think there's something individual in that. I think there's going to be individual encounters that people have with God. I think there's also a significant corporate element to it as well. That as we come together, as we worship, as we praise, as we, as we just hunger after his presence, that there's just going to be an increasing measure of the glory of God falling among us and coming among us. And taking us into new realms and new experiences in him. I think as well as releasing his glory, whoa, he's also releasing his nature. A revelation of his nature, of who he is. One of the things I love about that, something John Fee touched on this morning, was actually his nature is his glory. Who he is is his glory. And actually all the different facets of who he is are a revelation of his glory. And we read the, the, God's nature, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know, as, as Ian there described, coming into the presence of God, different aspects of the character of God just washed over him, just filled him in, in incredible intensity, incredible measure, joy, peace, love. And that's, these are aspects of the glory of God whoa that he's releasing over us and he's he's wanting us to to know in greater measure that we can release them to the world around us you know the world is crying out to know that god is like this the world is crying out to know that god is like this if you were to ask your friends at work your family who don't know god yet what he's like would they describe him like that would they even come close? Would they know that he is the most loving person that anyone could ever meet? Would they know that he is the source of joy? And, whoa! And the one who brings joy among us? The one who is the source of ecstasy? Would, would they know that? Would they know that he is the source of peace? 
the Prince of Peace? Would they know that? The world is crying out for an encounter with God. The world is crying out to know that this is who God is. A great prophet of our time, Robbie Williams, said this. He said, I just want to feel real love. Feel the love ever after. There's a hole in my soul. You can see it in my face. It's a real big place. I just want to feel real love. Feel the love ever after. There's a hole in my soul. You can see it in my face. It's a real big place. I think Robbie Williams has captured something there. I think he's captured a cry of hearts. I think he's captured a cry of people to know him. To know him. And I... I believe a, an aspect of the glory of God that's coming and that's being revealed here is we're going to see the miraculous. We are seeing the miraculous in increasing measure. And that will continue. But miracles alone are not enough. Miracles alone are not enough. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us we can speak in the tongues of men and angels. We can do amazing things. But actually without love, they're worthless. They're just clanging symbols. And I think as well as the miraculous, God is also revealing his nature. In fact, the miraculous reveals his nature. The miraculous reveals the nature of God. I want to encourage you, every time you see a miracle, every time you hear about the miraculous, don't just stop at the miracle. Don't just stop at celebrating what God's done. But look behind it. Look at who he is. Look at what it reveals about him. You know, we heard last week of uh, Anu, whose ankle had been broken in several places. And the doctors had said she would have to have surgery and pins put in. It was a complete mess. And she came here to our healing rooms. She even said herself she didn't have huge faith. She came and God healed her ankle and set the bones straight. She's having physio now, but the doctors, when she went back to the doctors, they couldn't believe what had happened. They couldn't believe that that was possible. And that's just one story of many that we're now getting of people being miraculously healed in the glory of God, in the presence of God. But what that also reveals to us is it reveals a God who cares for us. It reveals a loving, whoa, loving father who, who loves to restore things and put things right. He loves to make us whole in every area of our lives. The miraculous grade in itself also reveals the love of the love of the Father for us. I just want to encourage you that as we press in for the glory of God, press in to know his nature, to know him better, to know these different facets of his character, to know the love of God that surpasses understanding that we're able to communicate that to the world around us. You know, I want this place to be known for the miraculous. I also want it to be known as a place where you can come and experience real love, where you can come and experience the genuine article. You can come and experience God himself, love himself.
I believe a part of this for us is knowing knowing the value that God has for us and also knowing the value that God has for those around us, those that don't know him yet. I think one of the things the world needs to know is that God values them greatly. And I think one of the things I know for me that God's been showing me is that my value is for his value for me didn't start when I believed in Jesus. My value to him didn't begin when I put my trust in him. My value doesn't come, your value, the people around us, their value doesn't come from the fact that we believe in Jesus. I believe he, he's always valued us. He valued us, he values us because he made us and because he bestowed great value upon us. And I think that's something we really need to just settle in our hearts and get into our hearts just knowing that we are valued by God. I believe that enables us to receive his love and it also enables us to communicate his love to those around us. You see, the value that you have for something is usually determined by how much you're willing to pay for it. And he was willing to pay the highest price for us. Even when we were dead in our sins, the scripture tells us he loved us and he paid the highest price for us. You didn't earn your salvation, but you were worth it. You didn't earn your salvation, but you were worth it. He considered you worthy to die for. You've not done anything to deserve it. But he put great value in you right from the beginning. And he redeemed it at the cross. And the world around us needs to know that and needs to hear that. So I just want to land this now and just really with a huge encouragement. I think God's been speaking to us this morning, this evening, over the past few weeks. Pete's been sharing with us, as I say, about the glory and the glory coming. And I think God's just, I don't know, it just feels like there's huge kind of flashing lights. And God's just saying, there's so much more and I want you to press in and hunger for my glory. His glory is here, but it's increasing And I think as a people, God's just wanting to stir up a hunger in us and a great desire in us. And alongside that, he then comes to meet that with his revelation and with encounters with him. And I just release over each one of you here right now. I just release over you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better. I release the spirit of revelation over you, that you would know him better, that you would experience him and encounter him in new ways and new measures that you've never experienced before, that you would see his glory and that you would never be the same again, that you would be transformed by the glory of God. And I just declare over us as a people, his glory is here and it is ever increasing. And we are going to see an incredible, whoa, incredible display of the glory of God in this place. We're going to see incredible displays of the glory of God in this place. It's going to be visible. It's going to be tangible. It's going to be undeniable. 
And it's going to be miraculous. And Father, we just thank you for that in advance. Father, we thank you for what you're doing and we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Father, we thank you for your glory being revealed. Father, we thank you that your heart is that the glory of God will be revealed right across this planet. Father, that everyone would encounter your glory. Everyone would experience your goodness. Everyone would know what you're really like. And Father, we just thank you that you're doing that here. And we thank you that that's increasing. Yeah. And Father, we thank you for incredible displays of your glory in this place. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.